fire. <laughs> this guy, he is just all over the place, man. I can't read him. I can't read the guy. He's, he's playing. He's playing you hot and cold. Is that what's going on? Well, it's just this episode, man. I mean, good lord, like. Do you trust Ahsoka or do you not? Do you, do you, <laughs> who the fuck are you, man? Like, I think he just wants to be a contrarian. I think that's it. Like, Pick a lane, man. Yeah, as soon as Luminara shows up, he's just a contrarian. Like, he just, when it's just him and Ahsoka, he doesn't trust her. But as soon as Luminara shows up, like, oh, I have full trust in my pat. What the fuck? Ah, uh, anyways, how you doing? Yeah, good. What's going on? We just had an uh, allergy chat before we started recording. Yeah, the voice. You know, um, I'll try not to clear it. But I was literally on the other side of the house, and you could apparently hear me, like, clearing my throat. <laughs> I logged into Zencaster, and I, I could tell you that you weren't there, but I just heard roughly in the background. <laughs> I was going to mute it, but let's give it a little. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, how's your day going? Oh, you know, work stuff. Oh, yeah? Toast some yeah. chibata bread at work? No, it's just, yeah, it's it's just a lot. Still figuring stuff out. It's good. It's all good. It's all good. It's good stuff. This doesn't sound very good. It sounds very. <laughs> it sounds very general and not very good at all, to be honest. Well, it's just stuff comes in at a quarter after five, and I still need to do stuff tonight. So. What, what is this stuff comes in? Like an email from somebody who's like, hey, can you check on this TPS report before you leave? Yeah, well, it's like you, you have to wait until people review stuff. And the people that review stuff are busy all day. So at the end of the day, that's when they get to like reviewing. But then you then have to like once they give input, you, you're the one that has to like make the changes and that type of stuff. So I love being subservient to feudal lords, don't you? <laughs> Isn't it great? Oh, God. Man, it's fucking great, man. Freedom, democracy. Oh, oh boy. I, I was up. in a mood yesterday. Oh, yeah, you were, and then I got in a mood today. You got, you were in the mood yesterday, now I'm in the mood today, but we have no choice but to record tonight because it's Wednesday and we have to release this tomorrow. So I get the fucking shaft. As usual, <laughs> woe is me, woe is Tom, woe is Tom, woe is It's Tom. all good. We got a good episode to talk about. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, so outside of work, what's new? What do you got going on here, huh? Nothing. Did I bring it? Did I officially say that we got a house on the last episode? I can't remember. Do you not listen to these things after we put them up? Yes, but I'm just a couple episodes behind, so. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we talked about being a suburban warrior and that type of stuff. Everybody knows how how rich you are now that you bought a house in the suburbs and you're just a complete... An utter sellout. Oh, yeah. I'm loaded. Yep. <laughs> oh, money bags over here. Look at him. Look at this guy. Look at this money bags. Just swimming uh, in it. Okay, Scrooge. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's been, a, it's been a week so far. I had Monday off, so that was different. So I have a short week this week, which is very exciting for me. Yeah, you worked over the weekend. Were, you were yeah. doing more training stuff? No, it's just every now and then we have to work weekend. Like, just in case shit completely hits the fan in my department, but very rarely does it. So weekends are pretty laid back. You have a few things to do, but generally I have free time. So, yeah, you know, I just got to read, basically. Did you, did you start that new position yet? Didn't, were yeah, you, like, moving I did. up? I did, but it's like it's it's like half that position, half my old position. 
um, because we were definitely understaffed on that team to begin with. So I'm still, I'm, it's like a 50-50 role. It is. But so I'm getting my feet wet there, but I'm still assisting the old role. But Look hey, weekends, you. I don't give a shit. Climbing up that corporate ladder. Oh, yeah. Chibata. If I ever write, <laughs> I picked out the name of my autobiography like a long time ago, uh, and it's going to be called Life on the Second Rung, the Adam Store. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, even on like the dating sites, like for my job title, I have corporate surf at you know, large corporation. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. always <laughs> so people get it some don't. Some girl messaged me today and asked if I wanted to unionize with her, and I was like, okay, you. <laughs> You have earned a date, my lady. <laughs> Someone's going to the top of the list. Yeah. Now I'm really trying to lead this conversation a certain way. You got to ask me some questions. You got to ask me some questions here. I've been I've been in the edit bay that you like to call it. So oh it. yeah, you got it's got to be natural. It's got to flow though. I can't just drop this in without you leading it there. So you got to okay. lead it there. Where, what do we normally talk about here in Tom's life? Um, let me see. So have you read anything interesting? Oh, lately? there it is. Ding ding. <laughs> So um, before I get into what I've been reading in the Legends universe, let's drop this new little segment, shall we? Here we go. The sacred Jedi text. have outdone yourself <laughs> don't think that don't is think this amazing was, don't think that this was a selfish act either there's something out there for you but I, it's got to be it's got to be oh natural before i trip it oh so, yeah if we get it we get it i'll try to set you up um but if we don't get it this week it's gonna have to wait till next week you know but you know right. we, oh and we also have a new segment coming up at the end of the episode that i will shock you with right okay oh cheap you're outdoing yourself we had, we had time warp we thought that was as high as it was gonna go no i'm i will never stop i will continue, <laughs> I will continue to morph and make 15 second clips for each new episode it, towards season three each episode is going to be three hours long that's fine <laughs> Hey, they're 15 seconds. It's fine. But if we laugh about them every time for two minutes, yeah, they're going to be through. Let's just, it's an actual segment. This is Let's Tom's get to it. corner. So I finished uh, Deceived, Old Republic Deceived. And so I'm already on to Red Harvest now. So in the last week, I read the Revan book and I finished Old Republic Deceived. And now I'm on to Red Harvest, which I, it's right in the middle of the Old Republic trilogy that they released. I don't um, even remember Red Harvest. Which one was that about? Honest to God, like I'm 20 pages in and it's, it's, I think I just started it. And I honestly think it's like a horror book. It's like, it starts off on this Sith uh, planet called Odysseer Faustin. And there's a Sith Academy there. And it sounds like there's some creepy experimenting going on uh, from like, the uh, headmaster, Lord Scabarus. Uh, I think he's experimenting on the students. And I think it turns into a horror novel. Not sure. But it takes I place think after I Deceived. And, you know, it takes place after Deceived. And then in between Deceived and uh, Fatal Alliance, which is an Old Republic novel. So I considered just continuing with the Old Republic series. But this was the next one in chronological order. So I decided to read this one before that. I think I remember seeing something about this and I thought I couldn't remember if it was a novel or if it was a like a 
comic book or something, but I remember them trying to do like more of a horror, like zombie. There is genre yeah. thing in I think Star there's Wars. Two of them. There's two of them. There's Red Harvest, and then there's another one which I think has to do with some clones that also borders on horror, which is by the same guy, this Joe Schreiber that did this one. I don't, you know, like honestly though, like. Hey man, it's star. I'm not really like a horror buff or anything, especially with novels. I yeah, I don't find that. I don't. I just don't see like a novel scaring me. Maybe it will. I don't know. So and so okay. This is coming from a place of ignorance from me, just because you've done way more reading than I have. But have you been able to get into a book so much that you're emotionally moved by it? Like you actually start oh, getting scared, or you start crying, or something like that? Yeah. No. Um. The Death of Ivan Ilyich by Tolstoy. Incredible. And that's something that you should read next. After you, whenever the fuck you finish Plagueis, which will be like six months from now. <laughs> but it's it's literally, dude, it's it's 100 pages. I'll borrow it to you. It's 100 pages. It's a very quick read. No, but... It's but... Just the, the way he describes everything and just the way he sets it up and just everything like... Dude, it's so raw and but emotional. No, it's I, insane. That's been on my list, but I want to learn Russian first so I can read it in the original Russian because I've heard that that's the only way you're supposed to read Tolstoy. This is not the Simulcast. <laughs> I said it last week, and I'll say it again. This is 100% not the Simulcast. <laughs> but I, you know, I'll give you credit for dropping that in there. That was pretty good. I <laughs> Let's give you one of these, shall we? Shall we give you one of these? But they dig. They they test. Right. There it is. There it is. Okay, you just wanted that. <laughs> anyway, so I'm on Red Harvest. I considered reading the two other Old Republic books before taking this on, but then I decided to continue with my strictly, completely chronological journey uh, through our Star Wars Legend novels. So um, I'm quickly becoming the Star Wars expert here while you just pick your ass with Plagueis. You got to get moving. I know. I can't yeah. wait. Yep. You're going to enjoy it. Um, but I guess that uh, will wrap up this week's book corner. So let's give it a little chitata. The sacred Jedi text. I yes. Go it's so good. This is so good. Friends it's my new favorite. It's, it's the new best. This segment. is my new favorite segment. Oh, it's not even close. The sacred Jedi text. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> I have to make sure to have yours potted up just in case you trip it. God, it's going to be. I'm so excited if you trip this. Like, it is going to be the time of my life. Um, yeah, anyways, so that was the reading corner. Should we get into the time warp for the week? Unless there's anything else you want to do. No, let's, I want to get into the time warp. All right, let's she bye. Okay, so Weapons Factory, Season 2, Episode 6. What do we got for an air date this week? Original air date, November 13th, 2009. November 13th, 2009. And last week, the number one movie in America was uh, Jim Carrey's... uh, What the hell is it called? Why am I drawing a blank? It was a Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, Christmas Carol. The 3D animated one. (laughs) Yes, the one with the creepy... It's like the creepy animation, though, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's like that it looks almost too, I don't know. It's the Polar Express animation. What's going on with Jim Carrey? I think I like him, but then all of a sudden he gets all all weird and stuff. He's one of the one of those delicate geniuses all of a sudden. 
isn't he an anti-vaxxer or did he give that up once he stopped dating Jeff? I think, Bundy? yeah, I think he distanced himself after that. It's kind of like me and Christianity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like that. I went all in on the Christianity as soon as a very attractive woman wanted me to. <laughs> I remember a very uncomfortable conversation talking to you at a bar in downtown Minneapolis where you were like, you know, if you look and you, you think about what Jesus said, I was like, oh, God, what's going oh, if on? Do, if you look at what Jesus said, it's not so bad. <laughs> but when you twist it into a pretzel 50 different ways, ah, we've got some issues. Um, no, it but was yeah. fun. Yeah, but we do have a new number one movie in America. So dethroned, A Christmas Carol, dethroned after one week. Um, so 2009, it's right in the holiday season. Is it holiday related or completely unrelated? No. But okay, I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll give you a somewhat of a hint here. Um, so a few years after this, there was an event. I wouldn't even call it an event, but there was a date that people were looking at that caused them great anxiety. And this movie touches on that. What? That's the best a way I can date put it. That causes... when, you, when you hear it, you're going to be like, "Oh, okay." When was the uh, the Deepwater Horizon movie? When did that come out? That I think Clint that was Eastwood 90s, classic. Early 2000s? No, the deep, not Event Horizon. The deep water, the oil spill in the Gulf. Uh, it's, yeah, it's around this time, but it's not that. Oh. Um, <laughs> when was the Columbia disaster? Uh, that was the spaceship, right? The Columbia? The shuttle it, that blew up? Yeah, it's not that. Not the Challenger, but the one that came like, later on. The one that yes. blew up on reentry. Uh, yeah, it's not that one either. Uh, I'll, do you want me to give you one of the stars? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to give you the obvious one. I'm going to give you the secondary star. Amanda Peet. Amanda Peet? Haven't heard her name in a while, have I? She's the one that dated Jerry, when, and she had the dude living with her. Yep, she yep. had a dude. She had a dude. She's also married to one of the Game of Thrones guys. Oh, she is. I She's can't remember vixen. if it's Benioff or Weiss, but it's oh, one of okay. those guys. She is a vixen. And this is like way, way after Saving Silverman, where we yes, all fell in love with Amanda Peet. it is not Saving Silverman. I remember, like I said, there was an event coming up in the future that caused people great anxiety. I wouldn't even call it an event. It's just, just very, you know. I give up. You're going to have to give it to me. What is it? The movie was a movie by the name of 2012. Oh. Remember when the Mayan calendar was supposed to expire and like everybody was like all freaking out about it? I completely forgot that this movie existed. Yeah. Starring John Cusack. That's right. I believe I saw it once. Um, wasn't blown away by it. It's just, it's in a long line of disaster movies, you know. Um, yeah, I think a, a bunch of, a lot of people in Hollywood tried to... Jump on the uh, day after tomorrow train. <laughs> and it's just it's threw an, together it's, a bunch of it's a really epic easy disaster movies. Yeah, it's a really easy and mindless way to make five hundred million dollars off a movie is to just <laughs> blow up the fucking world. Now, just I, just out of curiosity, I just googled it. The movie, right? What do you think the runtime was on this fucking thing? Oh my god. Um. <laughs> I was blown away that it was this long. <laughs> I'll go with 
Two hours and 45 minutes. You were close. It was two hours and 38 minutes. Oh, my God. And, like, why? I think the whole movie was, like, a bunch of rich people got on, like, an ark, and then, like, some poor people invaded the ark, and that was, like, the big, like, thing. I can't remember exactly, but... Yeah, like, sounds about right. The rich I mean, people, yeah, like no, it literally was like the rich people <laughs> knew the end of the world was coming, but they never did anything about it, and they're going to use it as like an extinction event to be like the supermen that were left over. When shit goes down, uh, that uh, yeah. sounds doesn't sound too far off. Notable for the last movie I believe that I seen that I have seen that has Danny Glover in it. Had Danny Glover, he played the president. President Danny Glover. Maybe I need to revisit this one. Yeah, Danny Glover, he's a good guy. Um. And then also one thing to note here, which deeply disturbed me when I was doing my brief little research on this. Ooh, Oliver Platt was in it. Um, so, you know, when you Oliver Google Platt. something, you know, when you Google something and they say people also ask and it shows you that people also ask section. Mm-hmm. So all I typed in was 2012 and I hit enter. And the first thing on people also ask is, is 2012 movie a true story? <laughs> Dude, I fucking dude. Just you gotta you gotta spend a couple of days a week off the internet because it's gonna yeah, drive I think I you get insane. Away from it between Twitter and trying to like Twitter and just trying to understand the Twitter community. I dude, I'm not having a good day with the internet. <laughs> it's 2012 movie, a true story. I don't know. Look outside, dumbass. Like, are you alive? Are you breathing? <laughs> God damn, dude. Are people that dumb? Well, maybe they just think it's going to circle back around to 2012. There must be some, like, troll group on, like, 4chan that just Googled that, like, 50,000 times. And that's all they did with their life for a week just so they could get that in there or something. I have no (laughs) fucking clue. Anyways. um, Yeah, so that's your number one movie. Man, we are talking. Uh, Okay, new number one song in America as well. It is. I promise you it's not Fireflies. Um, And I'll give you a very good hint. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, so this song is a sample of a song that I would consider to be a better song. And that better song was featured in a famous Saturday Night Live skit from the, around this time. Is the sample everybody's working for the weekend? No, it's not. Is it the night at the Roxbury guys? No, it's not. If you give me the sample, will I know the song? Yeah, it it will give it away. (sighs) Should we just play it? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's your... Uh... Between our love of the OC in that scene, when that bit came out on SNL, I thought it was the funniest goddamn thing I'd ever seen in my life. In my life. Yeah. I loved it. I watched it so... <laughs> I would, you know, I watched it like once and laughed and then like, but I still watched it like 20 times, even after I'd stopped laughing because I just loved the OC so much. And it's kind of, I don't know. It, it had to be one of those guys, whoever wrote that sketch had to be a fan of the OC and was like, oh no, we we have to do this. This makes perfect sense. Only if, if you've you, seen the show. If you were in your early 20s in you know late teens early 20s in this time you probably like the oc <laughs> yeah it was a great yeah. show great it show was fine it was good that's your time for this episode all right um should we do it yeah let's get into it do it 
Moinen. Ja. All right. So I dig. I dig <laughs> the, new, the new intro. It's been for a few episodes now, but Palpatine What's, really adds a lot to the intro. Oh, the do it? Yeah. It's like he's commanding us to do something. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's the little things. It's the little things that are going to put us over the top and break that 40 subscriber barrier. I'm sure Steven and Henrique really appreciate all the effort the, we're putting into this. Depressed Kenobi as well. Depressed Kenobi. <laughs> I love Depressed Kenobi, you know, because he fucking hates Anakin too, and he gets it. He gets it, man. Anakin sucks, and we'll get into Anakin sucks this week for sure. Um, I'm definitely going to be playing armchair therapist while discussing Weapons Factory Season 2, Episode 6. Um, like we said earlier, 11-13-2009. So, we are following up probably one of the better episodes that we've seen. Um, Landing at Point week. Rain was great. It was great. It was action-packed. There was no filler. Um, really very little to complain about in the previous episode. It just had the unfortunate um, timing of falling after a bunch of turds. So, <laughs> yeah, I re-listened to last week's episode and I said dog shit about 10 times. That was apparently <laughs> my word of the week. So I think I think that's going to be my I think it just means that, Tom, it's time to adopt a dog again. I think, I'm, you know, like dog shit, dog shit. Um, but yeah, uh, not much dog shit in last week's episode. It did follow a bunch of dog shit, though. So. We are we going to be on a roll? Let's discuss. Okay, so we start off this week, um, and basically what's going on here is Anakin and Ahsoka are where we left them, and they now have the duty of assaulting Poggle's weapons factory. Um, it's going to be a very tough assault, so we have some other Jedis joining them, and it's going to be Illuminara and Barris Offee, and Barris Offee is her Padawan, um, and they're both Murelian, which means they have those cool... They're like they're like a they're like an egg. I don't know what color are they. They're they like got they got like a pea soup pea soup color skin pea soup colored skin, um, and they got the uh, face tattoos that signify some sort of. I don't know. It's a cultural thing. I'm not sure what exactly they signify, but they're it's like a triangle. Significant event in their lives. For each significant event, Amiri Ellen gets a gets a facial tattoo. Okay, um, so Barisafi also has facial tattoos, so they both have had significant events in her life. Um, what is do we know about Barisafi? Is this the first time we've seen Barisafi in yes. this? This okay. is the first time we've seen Barisafi. Um, yeah, so she's another Lum- Luminara. And what's, what's interesting is we've, uh, or Mary Ellen, not Luminara, uh, we've seen both Luminara and Barisafi in Attack of the Clones. Both of them are like background Jedi that appear in the stadium during the Battle of Geonosis. Um, and what's interesting is, and I, I couldn't find anything online to like say this, but both of them appeared to be adult Jedi. And then in this, in the Clone Wars, I don't know if someone retconned it or something, but they made Barris the Padawan to Luminara. And it just is interesting. If you look up the, the images of them in yeah, Attack I, I of the Clones. Yeah, I saw a picture of her, and I was like, it, she doesn't look like a Padawan here. Yeah, they <laughs> both look like Jedis. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she definitely strikes you as a teenager in this in this episode, though. Like, um, 
it's all there for you. Very much a Padawan. Just very much a Padawan. Um, so basically, the issue right now is they got to get this salt going because the droid factor is nearly running um, at full capacity. So this, as we discussed in the last episode, like this, once this plant is fully operational, it is going to be like a powerhouse for droid production. So I'm um, this is the fuel that is going to feed the flame that is the Separatists, I would say. Um, our first scene of the episode is Ahsoka going over assault plans um, with the troops. Um, and she sounds very competent going over these assault plans. And she's doing the hollow board and she's pointing things out on the hollow board. But Anakin keeps interrupting her and finishing her sentences. Um, I, it, like... I, whatever. Uh, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I no, don't understand they, why he's being such a dick. Like, yeah, and he's, like, blatantly... I mean, she clearly knows what she's talking about, and she's clearly getting to all these points, yet he keeps interrupting her. And this is just such a strange, like... I have my gripes with Anakin, as we know. But this just... Even this seems, like, out of character for what we've seen for him thus far. Like, obviously, he's unpredictable on a certain level. But this just was weird. And he yeah. just kept finishing. It was very rude and it was very like mean. And at the last, as she's wrapping up the meeting, he literally elbows her out of the way and gets in front of her to dress the troops. I think they're just trying to like demonstrate their relationship juxtaposed next to Luminara's embarrasses in a very yeah, quick I mean, manner. They only got 22 yes. minutes to get through this but thing. It is so. just forced. It is so forced and it's just like over the top. It was just a bit much for me. I mean, even for Anakin when I, you know, and all this does is just like add gas to the Tom hates Anakin fire. Like it doesn't, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like we know these characters good enough now that they could have had a minor quibble and we could have got that dynamic right in front of us in this 20s. We didn't need this blatant in your face, but it is what it is. Um, so Anakin dismisses the troops after elbowing Ahsoka out of the way. They begin to argue and, Anakin pretty much implies during this argument that he doesn't trust her to do the job right, which I found just the hubris of this fucking guy. Insane. This man is insane. Um, Luminar and Barris land and they begin to walk up to Anakin and Ahsoka as in the middle of their argument. And Luminara, as we, we said learned, last week. We learned that Anakin and Ahsoka kind of have a reputation around the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And as we said <laughs> last week, like Luminara is a no shit kind of Jedi. Like Luminara is very dogmatic, very serious, um, very by the books, I would put it. So her and Anakin are just like complete opposite ends of the spectrum in the Jedi order. Like Anakin is fucking, you know, Chad doing whatever the fuck he wants, just going off making his own rules. Luminara is like straight up. Like we go by the books. Yeah. I don't think, uh, Luminara would do very well in an improv class. No, Uh, she's not much for improvising. She, she would not fare well with the groundling. <laughs> She'd have problems running a herald yeah. to <laughs> yeah. yes anding the next Although, person. Although, you know, if you could get her in the she could play a great straight man for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But she'd be the she'd be one of those straight men that like she doesn't understand why everyone's laughing because the talented person that's bouncing stuff off of her is the one that's actually like knows what's going on and getting the laughs. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, she'd be completely aloof as to what was going on, but it would work if you had a talented person with her. God, um, we got to take an improv class. I no, think that okay. would be I think that would be fodder for the I pod. will end the fucking episode right now <laughs> if you keep that up. Let's drop that right now. Let's drop it right now. You will not take it from me! Oh. <laughs> you will not. 
we can talk about this later. Anyways, um, so as they're walking up, Luminar remarks like, oh, at it again, I see. And Barris is like, what? What do you mean? She's like, oh, they tend to play loose with regulations and command. Um, and then as she walks up, she drops one of her, okay, that's enough dumbasses. We have a battle to fight. Let's get on with it. Like immediately, <laughs> like she just immediately is like, shut the fuck up. Let's get down to business. I don't know what it is about Luminara, but I love her as a character. I think she's it's just different. like, I mean, she's, she's different. Yes. And she's very, like, she has a style and an attitude that is just solidified and it's different. And yeah, but I remember the first time watching through the Clone Wars. She stuck out to me as one of the standout, like, like new Jedi's that I hadn't really paid attention to before. She reminds me of my, like, my traditional Catholic father, who you know would go to a Latin mass if he could find one in the area. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he means well, but it's just you know very straight laced. So, well, it's it's different. Like the- every Jedi kind of has like this quirkiness to him or something, you know, a little playfulness. She has none of that. None. none well. Of it. And- I think so. In some of the stuff that I read about the Mira Ellens as a species, um, they all have, they are very like mystical. And apparently, a lot of them do, like, are force sensitive. So it, it may have something to do with that, that they're so serious and dogmatic and that type of thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, and I think you mentioned in a previous episode too, they're one of the only species that the Jedi allow to like to only train other Miriellans. They don't like they don't mix it up like other ones do. Yeah. Um I don't I, I kind of like that side when we get that kind of, those kind of nuggets about the Jedi Order. Like like with uh Kiati Mundi last week, how he was allowed to marry and had multiple wives. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just interesting that they do make concessions from their very dogmatic nature. Um, but I mean, she is very by the books outside of that. Like outside also, of that one exception of who her Padawan learner would be. She is literally to a T by the books. To piggyback what you were saying about your word of the week last week, we've said dogmatic like 20 times already. I, so there's another already, sign. I, I've used it multiple times, <laughs> just like <laughs> writing down my notes for this episode. Like I, I, like when you see when they begin to, I wouldn't say they clash. They kind of clash, but it there's only one way to really describe her, and that's dogmatic. Like yeah. she is by the books. I mean, it's just how it is. Um, so Barris introduces herself to Ahsoka, and they really play up the difference in the two Padawans here. She is much more formal than Ahsoka, and she kind of curtsies, and Ahsoka's just kind of taken aback by it, and just kind of like, oh hey, and shakes her hand, and so it's just. Two different types of people here that are interacting with each other. I did remark that Barris has a cool heart belt. <laughs> did you see her belt? Yeah. Her belt buckle's like a heart. Like it's a really cool belt buckle, like a heart. <laughs> I'd love it if she just picked it up at the Claire's yeah. on Coruscant. Yeah. <laughs> Just running late because she had to get her heart belt for running late to the spaceport because they had to get the heart belt. That would be great. Now, that would be an episode I'd watch. But, you know, (laughs) anyways. All right. Neither here nor there. Let's move on. Um, So the Jedi's begin discussing strategy. Um, Luminara, like they're basically Anakin's plan was to just like all out assault. Uh, But Luminara proposes an alternate attack opposed to a full on assault. And she has... um, looked into a underground tunnel system. 
Um, basically, her plan is to have Barris and Ahsoka sneak underground and plant bombs on the reactor while Luminara, Anakin, and the clone troops distract them near the entrance bridge. Um, the entrance bridge is there's like this really long bridge above a gorge separating where the Republic forces are and where the factory is. So she wants to bring the battle there, distract them, and then and then Ahsoka and Barris can sneak through the tunnels. Um, it is very reminiscent of that Rainbow Bridge on Ryloth, where we had that great Mace episode. Yes. Um, yeah, that was, oh God, that Rainbow Bridge, man. Unfortunately, this is not a Rainbow Bridge, but it is the gorge and just everything. Yeah, it's very similar in that sense. Um, Anakin's like, hey, this this is like a maze. How, how the fuck are we going to navigate this thing? And Barris has memorized the entire tunnel system on the way <laughs> on the way to Geonosis. She was just basically studying this tunnel system, studying the map of this tunnel system. And so Barris has it completely memorized and knows exactly how to get to the control room. Well, and Luminera is the one that like speaks up and says, I had my Padawan memorize this. So yes. I don't know if it was Barris taking initiative to memorize the thing. I think yeah, Luminara they, is the one that kind of well, directed yeah, her that yeah. that way. Luminara gave her the direction, but they do make it a point to the Morellians to be like, it's very important to be prepared when you have this many lives on the line, this and that. And it's kind of like jabbing at Anakin's kind of, you know, fly by the seat of your pants style. Um. So uh, Barris has apparently memorized the system and um, Anakin really doesn't like the idea of Ahsoka also as well, all, as well as giving this as being given this responsibility. He starts to kind of freak out on that. So they're really playing up on Anakin's apparent trust issues that he has developed with Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka argues back with Anakin and Luminara vouches for Barris to lead the mission, says Barris can pull it off. She's very well competent. She's trained, blah, blah, blah. So uh, Luminara basically ultimately makes the decision to send the Padawans in. Um, so she overrules Anakin. She is a Jedi Master. As we all know, Anakin never made Jedi Master. Um, so they all synchronize chronometers and the Padawans run off. As the Padawans run off with the bombs heading for the gorge and to get down into the tunnel system, Anakin is still clearly like visibly bothered and Luminara kind of questions him and he just shakes her off. He doesn't want to talk about it, but he's... I don't know, they're really playing up this whole, like, suddenly Anakin has no trust in Ahsoka thing. I, yeah, and up until this point, he seemed to trust her pretty, pretty okay. Well, I remember the uh, Blue Shadow Virus episode where they land um, they land on Naboo in our favorite hangar. And <laughs> yeah. they're greeted by our favorite epidemiologist, <laughs> uh, Typho. And Anakin is... Two two seconds after they land, he's like, "Hey, Ahsoka, go go find it," and sends him off with some random fucking gungan. Like, <laughs> like he wasn't concerned then. It was just a you know, just a, a extremely deadly airborne virus. Like I, and so it's just like God, I it just felt off. Like it just felt off. But it's Anakin, so I don't know, man. Like I honestly like. I've dealt with my own mental health issues. I've studied therapy. I've been in grad school to be a therapist and plain armchair therapist here. Anakin is like 100% I undiagnosed like bipolar two or something like that. Like <laughs> he's just all over the place in this episode. And I don't mean like, it, it's just, that's how it struck me as a kid. That's immediately what came to mind. A low dose of Will Butrin would, would treat him well. He could benefit from from like some cognitive therapy. He could benefit from a lot of things. Like, yes, well, Butrin, like he's got to get on some sort of regimen here. He needs therapy and he needs medication. 
Also, in the scene, too, the scene, too, uh, immediately after the Padawans, like, jump off and go to their their mission, uh, immediately, if we didn't have a moratorium, R2 based on projection skills alone would have gotten Dark Horse. Oh, I didn't even notice. Did you see, he's the one that's pulling up all the maps and stuff. Oh, I didn't even see him. God, what a, what a fucking R2 <laughs> fucking rules, dude. Dude, that blows my mind. I didn't even see him. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. It, it's a slow pan. It goes over Anakin and Luminara turn back to you the know, map. And R2's there. Yep. Like last week when they had the, the hollow meeting in the bridge, I didn't even notice Luminara the first time until Sunshine was there. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it to us, man. I got I to gotta open my eyes a little more, man. Oh. God, they are doing it to us. Anyways, <laughs> that's insane. Are you sure? Based on that point alone. Well, I'm looking right at you, Big Daddy. Dave Filoni. There it is. <laughs> that's the new Filoni drop. Whenever Filoni blows my mind, he's getting this. Oh, I'm looking right at you, Big Daddy. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just, I was just pointing out again, like, if you slow it down, I think the timestamp is... 539. I just pulled it up. Uh, you see R2's dome as he's projecting the map. Okay. Well, hey. Okay. So while he's projecting the map, Anakin and Luminara apparently discussing strategy. Uh, I did not see him, but that's great. Um, basically, they're going to be pulling the full on assault to distract Poggle. Um, they're taking a large contingent of brute troops and they're going to meet, they're going to try to draw him over that bridge and fight him there. Um, uh, they're going to fight them there, try to draw a bunch of troops out, droid troops, that is, uh, to fight them uh, out in front of the factory, basically, until the Padawans can plant their bombs on the reactor and blow that place to shit. Um, we now get inside the factory, and we get to see Poggle the Lesser for the second time in three episodes. Um, and he is hanging out with, fucking right, a low-energy battle droid. And this <laughs> yes, is just... He and this guy... Is. This guy hits a fucking home run this week. This low energy battle droid. <laughs> he brought the ruckus, man. I love this low energy battle droid. So basically, they're distru- they're discussing strategy. The low ener- energy battle droid notifies Poggle that the factory is running at fifty percent efficiency, um, and then he also Poggle clicks at him a few times because that's how Poggle sounds. He clicks. He doesn't talk. He clicks. Um, the Geonosians, as we mentioned in previous episodes, have a very interesting. Uh, I dig. I dig. I dig. I dig. Or whatever, the, yeah. whatever honking yeah. noise he makes. Yeah. But then he responds, "No, the super tanks aren't ready yet." And Poggle clicks some more. He's a very clicky boy. He click, 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 click. You know, he got patata. And uh, he clicks. He does that, and then he does the. I love the like. He does the guttural like yeah. roll. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting looking at Poggle too, because he is like. It's, it's kind of like when uh, we're dealing with um, Boss Nass with the Gungans. It's like you can tell he's a Gungan, but he's also not. Yeah. It's yep. very different looking than any of the other Geonosians. Like but there's something different. I, can, I completely agree with you. This, this is a different low energy battle droid that we're dealing with. This one is firing on all cylinders. <laughs> the, entire, the entire episode. And he has <laughs> what might be the best part of Oh, God. Oh, so good. And it actually inspired the new segment that we're getting into later. Okay. So, oh, man. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, apparently there's something that they've been working on called super tanks. 
Um, we get to Anakin and Luminara. Um, they're leading the troops to engage a large number of droid forces. We cut back and see Ahsoka and Barriss scaling down the rock wall to get to the underground tunnel system. Um, Luminara shows some personality with Anakin. Yay! She says something like, Anakin's like, well, that's a lot of droids. And Luminara's like, yep. That is blah, 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 or something. I can't remember the exact She says something like, well, it is a droid factory. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And Anakin's like, hey, as long as we can destroy them faster than they can make them. And she's like, haha, I love your simple outlook on things or something like that. And like she was slightly amused by Skywalker. And I kind of liked the camaraderie they showed for half a second. Um, It was nice. Um, So they engaged some droids uh, that had just crossed the bridge. And it's a lot of droids. Like they're definitely outnumbered. and they end up getting flanked by some Geonosians that are hiding in the yeah. rock formation. We get a we get a couple of like very short, cool lightsaber moments where Anakin like force picks up a droid and brings it close enough to him to stab it through the heart yeah. <laughs> with his lightsaber, and then Luminara picks up a, a droid too, yeah. and uses it as a shield to block a bunch of bolts. Yeah, that was and cool. then like, crushes it and throws it away. One hand, she's wielding the lightsaber. The other hand, she's like force holding. The droid right in front of her is a shield. It was very cool. Like, it was a cool, cool little quick scene there. And it happened, like, super quickly, which was nice. It, it, it didn't linger too long on it. Yeah. I can't. I like how they've been doing the battle scenes lately. Like, they don't... It's not overwrought. They don't drag it out. They give you quick hits, and then they get back to the story. But they always do something cool in the, like... Oh, yeah. In no, the totally. short amount of time they're giving you. Absolutely. I, but it really feels like that they're getting their pacing figured out. Yeah. Yep. You know, like it's you can tell that the pacing of the episodes is getting better and they're getting more comfortable telling a story in 20 minutes. Oh, know? I completely agree. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we get to Ahsoka and Barris. Um, they are cutting a hole into the rock wall and they sneak in. Um, basically, these <laughs> underground tunnel systems. What? Sorry, I was going to bring up. I watched. There's a featurette um, on the episode online. Every episode you watch the featurette. But like typically the featurette talks, it it always features Dave Filoni talking about the story and like cool different things about the story and things that you wouldn't think about. The entirety of this featurette is him talking about Jedi's cutting holes in things. (laughs) (laughs) He spends like two minutes talking about how uh, he thought it was good to have Barris cut a square hole in the wall. The square was like a perfect square too. But then he talks about how like in a previous episode, Ahsoka cuts a circle and he's being interviewed. He's like, why would you cut a circle? And it was a perfect circle. He was no, you cut a square so you can have the right angles and then he talks about how he wants to envision Yoda teaching Jedi Padawans how to cut holes in walls. It was, it was an hell? awesome feature run. Oh, my God. I'm going to give him one. Oh, I'm looking right at you, Big Daddy. All right. Um, yeah, so she cuts, she cuts a square uh, in the rock wall, <laughs> and they sneak in. Very nice square, too. Like, she, she you know, you could, this, this would be something that you'd see in a geometry textbook. It's a perfect square. It's a great square. I'm, I might be overdoing it. You would have think she had a protractor for that yeah, thing. Yeah, what the hell? Anyways, um, so basically, this underground tunnel system is Geonosian barracks, more or less, it seems like. There's a bunch of Geonosians sleeping in there, and they sleep on the ceiling like bats. Um, <laughs> There was two like patrols that were kind of sneaking around. So they're, they, you know, they, they snuck around the patrols. Um, 
And as they're sneaking through the barracks, uh, one of <laughs> one of the sleeping Geonosian's arm kind of falls and hits Barris right in the head. So Ahsoka assists her with like getting the arm off her head and they continue to sneak on. But unbeknownst to them, as they get out of that little area, that particular Geonosian wakes up. Like you see his eyes open. It's very dramatic. and blah. One other cool thing I thought about this scene too is they... I think they're starting to do more things that are unspoken, just like stuff that they're visualizing that they aren't necessarily explaining. Uh, but if, as they're sneaking through the Geonosians, as they're hanging onto the walls, I, they have these weird spine things that are sticking out of their back. Um, and they're almost like trip wires. At least that's the way Ahsoka and Barris are trading them. Uh, they're all pointed in the direction of the tunnel. So if someone didn't notice them, they'd just run right into them and wake them up. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like a cat with their whiskers in the dark. They got those yeah. really long whiskers. So if they bump into something, they, they're notified of it. Um, have you ever really like looked at your cat's face? Oh, it's and the best. It's, <laughs> it's the greatest. <laughs> There's nothing even, greater. You don't even think of the whiskers until you really observe. Oh, the she's a burst. And the yeah. little hair on the nose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a cat talk. Where we, just talk about, <laughs> we just talk about whiskers and shit. That could be an entire different podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, cat talk. We're going to have all these talks. Just um, <laughs> sign talk, cat talk, cat talk. That's, our, that's our ticket to the top right there. Cat talk with a subreddit of whisker talk. I don't know. Um so we get back and we have another quick battle scene. Um, and I remarked here, very good animation. And the reason I write that is because there's like clearly like dirt building on Anakin and Luminar's face. And Anakin's hair looks really dusty and stuff because they're in this desert planet. So it's very, there's dirt flying everywhere. It's just a mess, really. But they're getting very dirty. And they do a really good job of like showing like, yeah, they're getting their hands greasy here. You know, they're getting, yep. you know, they're really getting into it. Um we get back into the caves. The Geonosian that woke up is kind of just lurking behind Ahsoka and Barris, tracking them, uh, unbeknownst to them. He didn't bother to wake up any of his friends. He really wants all the glory here. He's really going for it, this, this oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, he was just like, no, He wants to me. confirm before he rings the alarm. Yeah, this guy doesn't fuck around. This guy is trained. He knows what's up. Um, we get some more of the battle scene. Then we go in and we see Poggle and Low Energy Battle Droid once again. Uh, Poggle's starting to get pissed off because he senses that the battle well, is going <laughs> one, one part in the battle that I took note of is there was a part where like four droid decaws like spin up with their shields <laughs> and Anakin says Rex a little help and Rex just calls in a guy with a bazooka just shoots <laughs> like, him from like 20 a yards rocket launcher droid, or a rocket launcher clone comes up and just blasts the thing yeah. but it looks like a bazooka from World War II like they didn't make any kind of special space modifications to it or no, anything like it that it looks like the, it, the only it kind of looks like the old Super Nintendo bazooka if you remember that yeah. thing oh yeah yeah yep. yeah it's just, it's your standard bazooka. And it's hilarious, too, because he shoots it from, like, 20 yards and just smokes him. Like, and it's <laughs> just as effective. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely worked. Um, so, Poggle senses the battle's going south. He clicks and clicks away. So, the low-energy battle droid, apparently some of these super, super tanks are ready now. And so, they deploy approximately 20 uh, super tanks. Yeah, and what um, is with the Separatists in their naming conventions? The bigger battle droids are just called super battle droids. Bigger tanks are just called super tanks. 
They they really need a thesaurus. Well, I mean, honestly, like, let's look at some of their fucking leadership. It's a bunch of five-year-olds. <laughs> like, is it not? What's the fucking guy? The techno guy? What's his name again? Yeah, Lot Dodd. Or no, that's not that's not, not Lot Dodd. Lot Dodd. Uh, Dodd is a respectable senator. You take that back. Um, techno guy. What's his from the techno? I'm looking what him was up. his name? God, but yeah, I mean, he was just a fucking idiot. Like his whole purpose was to just like <laughs> steal things. Lot Tambor. That's yeah. the guy's name. Bill yeah. Pepperhead. Yeah. So I mean, it it doesn't shock me that they have these stupid fucking names. You know, like super everything. Dude, it's just, it's all Super Nintendo. That's what it is. <laughs> all, they love their Super Nintendo. Um, so Ahsoka and Barris, uh, they come into the factory and they head for the main control room. Um, the bug is still following. And he basically, they come out of like almost like a sewer system. And so they, they jump out of the sewer system. He's right behind him. And they get a close up on the bug's face. And he shows his chompers. And you know what? Like they must have a good dental plan on Geonosis because... They don't look too bad for, you know, you'd think they'd look pretty hideous, but this guy's got some pearly whites. They got some pearly whites. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. He's a handsome <laughs> bug. I'll give him that. Like, I'd him. love it if he was the one Geonosian that really paid close attention, used Listerine every night, and was constantly talking about flossing to yeah. the rest of them. Like, the rest of them, the rest of them had already entered REM sleep, but he was still a little awake. It's <laughs> an extra 45 minutes flossing before he goes to bed. Um, so we get more of the battle scene. The clones begin to fire the shots. Tanks have, <laughs> the tanks are emerging out of what appears to be a giant vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the, the entrance, ocean door. The entrance to the factory is a giant vagina. Um, and the clones fire shots at the tanks approaching, and they don't take any damage. Um, basically, Anakin's like, oh, they must have ray shields. So the super tank, what's so super about it is it has a shield. Like, mind-blowing. You think they would have thought of that before. Like, it just kind of struck me. I was like, why hasn't anybody put a shield on a tank until now? Horrible. <laughs> um, all right. So um, the bug then breaks off his pursuit and goes and notifies Poggle and LEBD, or excuse me, Low Energy Battle Dried, sorry, um, about the Jedi in the control room. Um, Ahsoka and Barris are at that time finishing planting all their bombs on the reactor when they are confronted by Poggle, low energy battle droid, Geonosians, and a super tank. So there's like 10 on two, and one of those 10 is a super tank that is completely indestructible. Um, Anakin and Luminar receive a notification on their little iWatches that um, on their Apple Watches that um, the bombs are now active. So they're very excited about that. Uh, but they're assuming that the Padawans are just going to sneak out of there now. Uh, but that is not the case. Um, Low-energy battle droid directs the Geonosians to gather the bombs. Poggle the Lesser bails. He's not sticking around for the fight. And Again, the- <laughs> Every single one of these Separatists that just escape very fast, those are the ones that you and I both are like, that, that's the smart one. Like, those are the guys. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But the I mean, second things start to go south, they're like, I'm out of here. You know, it and it gets back to like we always get mad at Grievous for escaping. And I I, I just kind of come to realize like Grievous is smart. He's just a coward, really. Well, <laughs> like, I would say Grievous is more boastful than Poggle and Watt Tambor and the other ones like, that have escaped. 
if that was grievous in this situation and he backed off, I would be upset because I'd be like, dude, you're supposed to be a badass. But it's Poggle the Lesser, so I don't expect him to fight. Yeah, but he at least Grievous better. would do it with style with one of those front flips into a when starship. The, dude, there are a lot. <laughs> there are like a lot of characters that we began to build this like fandom around on the little things that they do that we have not seen. It's for, not like, until months. doing this podcast I figured out season two is weird. Like season one built the laid a foundation and season two's not even touching it until I don't I don't even know. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like I we have not seen Ventress, we have not seen Grievous, we haven't seen Dooku in a while. We haven't seen all these fucking yeah. that was insane, man. Um so the tank begins to attack. The uh Gene Oceans are gathering the bombs, the low energy battle droid just standing next to the tank. <laughs> <laughs> There is a moment, if if you watch, there's a moment where the tank is advancing on them, and the low-energy battle droid is just slowly sauntering next next to the tank. (laughs) It's fantastic. God, he's the best. Um, But finally, Ahsoka's like, hey, take this, and she throws a sticky bomb at the tank, and it lands on the tank. And it sticks right next to the low energy battle droid who's hanging out like literally right next to tank. And he starts to like mock them. He's like, ha ha ha. This tank is indestructible. He or calls something. them fool. Yeah. He says, fool. The super battle tank is impervious to all weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <up> in his face. <laughs> so like as he's finishing calling them fools, it blows up and just it smokes them, dude. He's just dead. Oh, like, dude. We keep getting so many fucking good deaths. There is no reason. There is no reason why that should be as funny as it is. But God, it was. I burst out laughing during that. I think it's because it was the low energy battle droid. And we've come to... We've come to expect so much from them. They're just fucking... Every time they fucking It's just the fact that it was immediately after him calling them a fool. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give him another one of these. Dave Filoni. Oh, I'm looking right at you, big daddy. That was a good one. It was a good one. I There's only one episode where we haven't had a good death recently, and it was Senate Spy, which, which shocking, was the worst one we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Anakin, we get back to the battle scene, and Anakin tells the troops to fall back. And Rex is like, what the, why, are we, why are we backing up? We don't back down, blah, blah, blah. And Anakin's like, no, I want to draw the tanks onto the bridge. But is this the first, like, Rex has, Rex has retreated before. Why is he so surprised? Is this the Dude, first time he's ever had to retreat? No, and that's what's so befuddling about this episode. It's just, all we've come to know these characters at this point. It's just like, they're not acting like themselves. Like, the gases on Geonosis must be getting to their heads or something. <laughs> very strange. <laughs> it's very strange. Like, especially Anakin. Like, he... With his interactions with Ahsoka earlier, he was like, dude, I mean, I know you're a dick, but what the fuck is this? You know, it's a very strange episode. Um, so back in the control room, the Gene Oceans are flying off with the bombs. Ahsoka grabs onto one and the Gene Ocean kind of kicks her off. She takes a really long fall, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's another part too. She jumps up and she grabs onto a Gian Ocean, and then another Gian Ocean grabs onto like her other arm. So two Gian Oceans carry her up to towards the ceiling, and then slowly bring her close to the generator or whatever, and then just rock her and throw her into the side of the thing. <laughs> It's kind of like the monkeys in uh, Wizard of Oz carrying people, you know? It like, was, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, so she takes a big tumble and she's injured and the tank is approaching her. And then Barris is kind of left with the decision there. 
Uh, does she chase after the Geonosians to try to get some of the bombs, or does she save Ahsoka? And they cut away from her at that point. Um, at this point on the bridge, Anakin and Luminara are kind of sneaking under it, and they're basically doing like um, monkey bars, I would say. It's yeah, like, yep. It's like they're they're uh, navigating the monkey bars, and um, what they're doing is they're under the bridge, and they're monkey barring it around under the bridge, and there's all these rock formations on there so they can kind of get a grip, and they're just planting a shit ton of these bombs under the bridge. It looks um, like it looks like Anakin and Luminara are training for American Ninja Warrior. At yeah, this point. yeah, it's, it's like they're in the yeah. We're once again on an American Gladiator course here. Um, so they plan a whole bunch, and then once they get to the other side of the bridge, they detonate, it, and they're really near the factory entrance now. Um, and so they detonate it. <laughs> the bridge goes up. They're right around the labia of the yeah. entrance. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the birth canal here. Like. <laughs> so we get a little bit of droid cringe as they fall to their death. They're like, one of them goes like, oh, no. And the one just goes, Roger, Roger. It's like, dude, you're malfunctioning, man. Like, what's going on here? Um, and so after they blow up the bridge and all the tanks fall through and blow up, uh, we get a corny wave across the, to the clones on the <laughs> yeah. other side of the gorge. Hi. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> um, so that was interesting. Uh, Anakin comes to Rex to see if there's any sign of the Padawans. Um, Rex is like, no, and the escape transports are arriving soon. I recommend getting the hell out of there because that place is about to blow. Um, Anakin refuses to get onto one until Ahsoka is with him. Uh, Luminara then remarks, my Padawan will not fail. Um, and once again, they are by the birth canal. And all of a sudden, the doors <laughs> open again, and they are greeted by an absolute shit ton of droids. So it's literally Anakin and Luminara fighting a shit ton of droids and they don't have a lot of room to work with here because that bridge is now a massive gorge. So they're in dire straits. Um, we get back to the control room. Um, Barris cuts in. Barris has decided to help Ahsoka. So she sees Ahsoka in trouble and rather than chasing and trying to get those bombs, she helps Ahsoka. Uh, she cuts into the super tank with her lightsaber and saves Ahsoka. Like this super tank, Really, as soon as you put a lightsaber to it, it was like, yeah. <laughs> not so super anymore. Like, Anakin, you didn't even have to use those bombs. You could have just gotten close and cut these things up pretty easily. Yeah, those shields don't mean dick next to a lightsaber, apparently. Seriously. Um, or if Rex snuck up on one and shot it in the head. <laughs> <laughs> a little callback there to last week. Um, so, uh, Barris gets in. She, she cuts into the tank. She kills the droids that are in there. Um, then Ahsoka hops into the tank. Um, but... They have to blow up this reactor. They don't have any more bombs. They don't know what to do. So they're pretty much left with one option. We're going to shoot the reactor with the tank, and we're probably going to get buried alive in this tank. Um, so Ahsoka, quick, really sad scene, notifies Anakin via her comm link that we can't make it out. I'm sorry. And then they shoot the reactor, and the factory collapses. Yeah, um, things got dark real quick. Yeah. Uh, it does get really, really dark quick. Um, and we got a whole bunch of massive wreckage in the next scene. Basically, this the remains of the factory have left a giant crater in the ground. Um, the Padawans are unresponsive to all hails on comm. Uh, Luminara sits down to meditate, and Skywalker's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. She's like, be at ease, Skywalker. And this is where we really start to see the differences between the two. And honestly, like, I'm kind of on Anakin's side with it. Well, kind of. it, yeah, so I'm that way too. And I had the thought, because Barris seems to have the attitude of, I think she even says, when it's my Padawan's time, it's my Padawan's time. And I've made my peace with that. But yeah. that made me think, 
what if Barris was her like 38th Padawan and she just like keeps churning through yeah. them because she's not bothering yeah. <laughs> like trying to find them or like, waiting for them at all. Like, yeah. Like one of her Padawans was out on like malice. Day, got, <laughs> like, got like cut by a rusty nail and it got infected. And she just sat there meditating as one, this infection spread throughout her Padawan's body. One sprains her ankle and is yeah. yelling for help. And she was like, it's your time. I must make peace. <laughs> <laughs> she flies away. If you take any damage, <laughs> it's your time. Which kind of is funny to me because when she fought Ventress, I'm surprised she just didn't throw herself off to her death when, <laughs> when she got the little eye injury. The other thing um, that bugged me too, or just kind of like it took me out of the thing, the wreckage is strangely reminiscent of Ground Zero at 9-11. I'm wondering if they used that as some kind of inspiration for this scene. Would absolutely not shock me. You should probably look into that. And I have one guess as to whose idea that might have been, if that's what they were going and for. And I think... Are you oh, I thought me? you were going to play the thing. Oh, what thing? Oh, I'm looking right at you, Big Daddy. Oh, no, not Dave Filoni. That would have been a George Lucas at the projection table. Oh, <laughs> But, I mean, I'll give him one of these, too. Oh, I'm looking right at you, Big Daddy. There, <laughs> there it is. George Lucas gets a Big Daddy. Um, so Luminar is like, I sense them drifting away basically. And she's kind of like resigned to them being dead. I think that's the part where I was like, holy shit, how many Padawans has she been through? Yeah. And it's like, I I sense them fading away. Let's get out of here. Like she never explicitly says like, no, let's not dig for them. But she's just kind of like, yeah, they're dead. (laughs) Like, I bother. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I don't think she's saying, Hey, don't look for them because I don't, I would really like to think that they weren't going to just leave their bodies there, you know? Um, but she's also not like has, she has no positive. She has no feelings that they're alive. She's like, they're dead. <laughs> and, um, Anakin refuses to accept this. And uh, Rex lands with some tank lifters to clear the debris. What the, what the hell, Adam, can you uh, hold on one second? Just bear with me for one moment. Okay. Yep. Adam's ship and Lego talk. <laughs> Let it play. Let it play. Okay, Adam, what the fuck is a tank lifter? The tank lifters, you've seen them before. They're designed... I know, I just really wanted to play that. <laughs> they are, they're designed to drop off the tank. So, uh, yeah. I forget what the model number is, uh, but they're a hollowed out version of the gunship. Yeah, the of the Republic gunships, where they have giant magnets that lock on to whatever they need to lock on to. And then they bring the tanks in, drop them, and then fly out. Um, they're very reminiscent. It, it, there's some helicopters that the U.S. military have that do something similar. Awesome. It's like basically just a cockpit built around a lifting device. Yes. It, it, it's it's like something you would see at a junkyard to move large things, kind of. It's really cool. Like, I yeah. like seeing the engineering aspect of yeah. something like that. But as we see later on, like, for moving shit, like, the Force is just as effective. Like, come on, Jedi. Get going. <laughs> Use your fucking abilities. Anyways, thanks for joining us for the inaugural edition of Adam's Ship and Lego Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's let it run. I love it. See, I gave you a very regal entrance for this. Pretty good. I can't wait till you bring up a Lego and I get to play this. Oh, speaking of which, I scored big the other week. 
Don't make me play it again. <laughs> Scored big the other week. Uh, I got a couple of price alerts on Amazon, and uh, one of the <laughs> the Lego Clone Wars Turbo Tank, which is yeah. the only set or, or one of three sets that Luminara's minifigure comes in, mm-hmm. um, dropped down to 150 bucks, and it typically sells for 350. So I was able to snatch it up, and then immediately, I think it was a pricing error. So the seller canceled the order, but I contacted Amazon and I was like, Hey, this is, this is not, this is, this is bullshit because (laughs) I ordered this and whoever I got at Amazon was so great. (laughs) They were fantastic. And she was like, let me, so we will reimburse you. There's some other ones in stock, but they are for the full price sort. So if you order that once it's delivered, we'll be able to reimburse you for the difference. And I was like, like, fantastic. And then I got that. And apparently, I don't know if she was new, but I don't think Amazon's supposed to do that. So uh, all of a sudden, I saw the full amount get reimbursed. And she called me and (laughs) she was like, so we're not set up to give uh, pricing differences back. So uh, we're just reimbursing you for the whole thing. Damn! So, so I got a free Lego set, and I got uh, a Luminara minifig. So there you go. And you you gave that seller a big. You will not take it from me. Yep. Very good. Um. Yeah. So soundbite well used. A little bonus shipping Lego talk there. Um. So Barris and Ahsoka are in the tank. Uh, they're using lightsabers as light. They're under a shit ton of wreckage here. Um, Ahsoka takes a power conduit and starts filling with it, and she's going to try to get her communicator um, to start working. Um, and we get back up above ground, and we see the tank lifters clearing the wreckage, and I'm actually just going to go ahead and play this scene for you. So here you go. We cannot abandon our Padawans. You misjudge me. I too care for my apprentice. But if their time has come... I refuse to let Ahsoka die. She will find a way out. If my Padawan has perished, I will mourn her, but I will celebrate her as well through her memory. Well, I still plan on celebrating this victory with my Padawan. In person. Oh! Um, there it is. So, I, don't, I saved a couple of these clips just because it's... They're just so different. They're both Jedi, but they're just so different. And... Um, it is interesting it to really see, weird. and like, giving it, it, it this... probably more credit than it deserves, it is interesting to see throughout the entire episode, both Padawans together and both teachers together. Like, yeah. The Padawans and the teachers are completely separate, and the Padawans seem to like collaborate very well together, and despite being taught very differently. Yeah. Um, and I don't like. The reason I saved this clip and another one that I'm going to play in a minute here is because, like, I came to a conclusion about Anakin in this episode. Like, I think Anakin, at his heart, is a good person. I think so. And all my jokes aside about him, I think deep down he's a good person who cares deeply about people. But he is not cut out for the Jedi life, period. He's just not. Like, he, and they threw him into it. Like, he was like, you know, he wasn't a youngling anymore. He was basically like bordering on a teenager and they kind of just threw him into this life. And he just, he was never meant to be a Jedi. I'm convinced of it. Like, well, and I think there's, there, there is reasoning behind why the Jedi seek out 
kids as young as humanly possible and take them from their homes so they don't have attachments. I think yes. there's reasoning behind that. And I think there's, I think you would have made sense when he was talking about how he was too old and had doubts about wanting to train Anakin because he had this past that it's going to be very hard to yeah, separate himself from. And at the same time, I can make an argument that that's kind of gross to just neglect emotions in that way like you know in reading through the legends book you get a lot of that like a lot of the conflict that the jedis have about their emotions and stuff like that and and it's really weird and i don't know i kind of my ideal jedi order is kind of what luke tried to do afterwards like um i don't know how much of it is canon anymore but they were allowed to marry at that point um like you know i think embracing the good emotions and really feeding off them can be a strength and you know um the complete and utter disregard um for some so i think some attachment is good like you need to be able to let go obviously but i mean luminara is taking it to the extreme here like she basically like resigned herself to her padawan being dead after three seconds right it's like that's that's not like you're too unattached at this point the point of the force is finding the right balance the finding the right balance between the light side and the dark side and that's where the jedi go wrong is because they get away from that focused on one side of it instead of focusing on the balance instead of completely disavowing your emotions you're supposed to feel them but acknowledge and know when to act on them and when to not act on them yeah it's finding that point and as i see that conflict more and more like i keep thinking back to lannery brock who was in um the dawn of the jedi book that i read the jedi right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're basically like gray jedi like they'll tap into the dark side but she's not she never kills somebody out of bloodlust mm-hmm. you know if she does kill someone it's because uh, lives are at stake or there's a reason for it you know or it's a bad person you know whatever but like like I think you kind of have to enter into that gray zone to really yeah, truly that's be like the moral compass of the galaxy. I don't trust any group that lives by a code because that just means that they're too stupid to, or they have they they're not in tune enough with their own emotions and ethics to make a decision uh, like when it happens. Yeah, the Jedi are far too ideological for their own good. Like they are just entrenched in their ways and it's extremely dogmatic and it's it's counterproductive in a lot of these instances. And this is a good example of it. Like it is completely counterproductive. The way Luminara goes about this is she doesn't mean wrong by any means. She thinks that she's doing the right thing, but she's like literally giving up on a human being that she should care about. Yeah. After like instantly, instantly. And it's like, I, I have to take Anakin's side here. Like he goes about it kind of, boorish but he's right like yeah. he's right this time he's absolutely right <laughs> well and Anakin, he he's very forceful when he says it but he's basically like we can we can at least try to save yeah. that <laughs> and, like, and that's why i really wanted to stress that i don't think luminar ever said hey let's not try but you just got that vibe yeah you know you're kind of like uh are you just saying you want to just like pick your ass here like what the fuck are you doing like it's so weird um but i mean, I got another clip to play so let's just discuss this quick so back in the tank uh, ahsoka's kind of tripping the calm um anakin receives it and he's like oh over there i've located the source it's ahsoka's calm whatever blah 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 um and so 
um, Ahsoka and Barris are starting to run out of air and they kind of hold hands in this emotional moment. Um, but then uh, Anakin and Luminara begin to move the rubble with the force and the Padawan, sure enough, see the light of day and come out of the tank. And then I'm going to play this other clip for you because this is the immediate aftermath of that. I knew they were still alive. I told you we shouldn't give up on them. It's not that I gave up, Skywalker, but unlike you, when the time comes, I am prepared to let my student go. Okay, and like, I get what she's saying there, but it's like, one, you immediately gave up. But also like <laughs> Skywalker, like, these two just survived a harrowing experience, right? And they're kind of walking up to them at this point, And he's just like, ha ha, told you so. Like, he's like completely like yelling. <laughs> He's like yelling at Luminara and like throwing her under the fucking bus right in front of her Padawan. Like her bad, you're, he's basically telling her Padawan like, yeah, she didn't give a shit about you. She was going to let you die. It's like, dude, show some fucking, <laughs> show some like social awareness, my man. Like a little act would be nice. Seriously. Um, uh, Ahsoka's like, oh, I knew you'd find me. And he's like, I never doubted you for a second. It's like, you spent the whole fucking episode <laughs> doubting me, dude. <laughs> um, Barris remarks that Ahsoka really pulled through for him and saved them. Um, Luminara then compliments Ahsoka and says Anakin never lost faith in her. And I'm just like, what, what is this? What, what fucking episode were you guys watching? Like, what the fuck? So that's our episode. It rolls credits there. Um, so yeah, that is Weapons Factory, season two, ep- episode six. Um, what do we got for an IMDb rating this week? All right. IMDb is giving this one. So last week's landing at Point Rain was an 8.2 and this dropped to a 7.8. So a little drop, but not not nearly as much as Senate Spy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give this one a 5.5. 5.5? Wow. Okay. There, dude, it's just like the whole... the. The way the, the little, characters were yeah. acting. It, I don't disagree. All, it's just, it's it, it's it, very disjointed. It, yeah, it, it just felt clumpy to me. It was enjoyable, but it just, there's a lot of stuff that it just didn't seem very tied together very well with what we know about the characters and what we've come to expect. And it, it was a manic episode. There's really no other way to put it. It was all over the place. For yeah. Me. No, and I, I maybe rated it too high. I gave it a 6.5. Um, it's not that much higher. But than what I, I, I just, I love Luminara. I love Barris. Um, and getting a glimpse of them and getting more backstory and seeing their relationship juxtaposed next to Anakin's and Ahsoka's is super, super cool. So yeah, and we even really though, it, it. yeah, even though it didn't flow necessarily as well as some of the other episodes. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about Barris much during this episode because there was a lot to cover going through the recap, but. Um, a very likable character, very competent, uh, seemed to have a good vibe with Ahsoka. Like she, yeah, she was a nice addition to this episode for sure. All righty here, G. Always look on the light side of life. All right. Light side moment of the week. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going with what you think because, like I said, oh, I, I was going to say. I think we both. <laughs> I know <laughs> what where you're going. going with. But here, let me let me say something here. You might want to hold on to it for about a minute. Just saying. All right. You don't have to though. If you want to use it, you go right ahead. No, I no, no, no. I want to hear yours. Okay, my light side moment of the week is probably. It's probably the vagina door. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the birth canal that is the droid factory on Geonosis. It is. Once you see it, you cannot not see it. Right, until you said it. Like, I didn't really think about it. But then you said it, and it just... It, it planted in my mind and I've been thinking about it ever since. So that is, that's the front. That is my light side moment. That door might as well have a clitoris on top of it. <laughs> that's how much All we it know like it does. We got a lot of really close up shots. Who knows? It is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah. hey, George Lucas, if he works on a storyboard, you know he's getting horny. He did a lot of horny episodes. Like, you know? It was probably the same guy that did Senate Spy. They were like, hey, you can't be that horny anymore in these episodes. And they were like, oh, I'll show you. I'll turn this door into a fucking vagina. What's your light side moment? Oh, I, you don't even need to ask. It's it's the low energy droid getting blown up. Got any fucking rolls. All right. Hey, Fuck you, Zencaster. I'm if doing you it only knew the power. Oh my God, Zencaster. If you only there it is. Knew this the time. Power. Third time's the charm. Dark side. All right, dark side moment of the week. Oof. Um, nothing really stands out to me as like a true dark side. I guess for me, it's kind of Luminar's just just nonchalant giving up like immediately. <laughs> on general outlook on life. Yeah, like, uh, I'm just going to sit down and meditate on this death. You know, it's just, damn, dude, you move on quick. Um, so that's my dark side moment of the week. What do you got? My dark side moment of the week, I'm going to go with, and this is, I could have picked some other ones, but I'm going to go with Rex just going full Chad and being like, we don't back down. What are you talking about? Like, I've, come, <laughs> I've come to expect a lot, a lot out of Rex. And I was a little disappointed with how quickly yeah. he, he just immediately was like, no, we Good. don't want to retreat. I'm telling you, there's something in the air in Geonosis, man. Everybody was acting insane this week. Everybody was acting insane this week. <laughs> Speaking of Rex, that's my new intro for Dark Horse. A little Rex laugh there. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea what that was. Yeah, that's that's Rex laughing when uh, Ahsoka talks back to Anakin in the movie. <laughs> I liked it, so I, I kept it and then sped it up and then slowed it down. Rex Anyways, is a beast. Dark Horse Hero of the Week. Um, I'm going to go with Varys. I really enjoyed Varys. Um, and, you know, I was complaining to you about Wikipedia because I was looking up the Marillions and, like, I got a spoiler just by Don't looking say up. the spoiler, just in I'm case. I'm not going to. But yeah, I, yeah. It, it upset me, and it kind of, I don't know. But she is my Dark Horse Hero of the Week. And I am, uh, I'm all in on Barris right now, even though Wikipedia fuckers. You could give you know. her a Dark Horse just for the right angles on that square that she, just, she cut in the, in the wall. She could uh, be anything. I mean, she could be a carpenter, she could be a culinary expert, she could be the cake boss. For my, for my Dark Horse Hero, I'm going with... Uh, TX21 are so far the greatest low energy battle droid that has ever lived. Hey, was I not spot on by calling it out that first episode that that was going to be a fucking hero going forward? <laughs> yep, I'm so happy you did. God, they every single time, and you know we they they come in different angles too. They're so varied. We had that one that was ultra dark and was just like a completely genocidal maniac. Yep. And then we got this one who's just hilariously They have different personalities. Yeah, they do. Once again, droids are people too. But we this one, this one, I think the reason why I flagged this one for 
the Dark Horse Hero of the Week. He is so competent throughout the entire episode. He is just doing his job so well yeah. until the very last moment. Yeah. That's, that's that droid programming just got the best of him in the end. Like, he was doing so good, and then it just, he pulls the biggest boner of all time, not even trying to get out of the way of a bomb that's literally a meter away from his face. <laughs> but hey, he went out in style mocking them, I would say, you know? Um, are you ready for it? Yep. All right. You die in childbirth. Death of the week. So uncivilized. Death of the week. <laughs> Let it run, let it run, baby. Dude, I told you I was in the edit bay. Well, now you add, now you have to add another clip to this. Ooh, what what clip do you want in this? Because after this, you could you could add Luminara. There's like three times in this where she was like, "If my Padawan dies, she dies." Fair enough. <laughs> it would be a good Fair one enough. to add. I'll add some more. I'll add some more. We'll, we'll we'll spruce up the death of the week. This is the first run through though. So, death of the week. We've had so many good deaths lately that I thought we should just turn it into a segment. All right. Fucking, yeah. So, clearly, the death of the week is the low-energy battle droid. <laughs> just fucking eating it off the tank. I don't know how it could be anything else. God, although, it was fucking good. Although, honorable mentions, uh, you could go with the droid to cause getting blown up by the rocket launcher. Uh, oh, yeah. I think there were a couple of clones that got completely incinerated by the super tanks. Uh, there are a couple of good ones. The the bridge getting blown up and the tanks falling into the, the crevasse. There's a lot of death for us to choose this week, but I think we have a clear-cut winner. Oh, yeah. Um, Stand out. I can't wait for an episode where we actually have to debate this, though. Like, if we were doing it, like, could you imagine the heated debate that we would have had um, a few episodes back with the Bounty Hunters episode? Oh, Delaney. my God. Oh, Delaney my God. Spear versus. <laughs> there were so many good deaths we're in that gonna, episode. It's going to come to blows for that one. Oh, it's going to be a battle. <laughs> All right. What do we got for a tagline this week? Tagline this week is No gift is more precious than trust. And last episode, you had guessed that that was going to mean that we are going to have an informant that is going to give the Republic some information on the separatists and they are going to be and they are going to have a hard time believing the informant but he and then you took a long pause and you said he or she will earn their trust through some heroic actions Yes, I was spot on. This might be the furthest off you have ever been. Well, how many times can I just I guess Ahsoka? How many times can I just That's guess That's why I'm happy. I'm happy you went. You you swung for the fences on that one. I Dude, I, I, I wanted to discuss something with you. Like, I, I want to watch more. <laughs> and, like, this segment specifically is keeping me from watching more. I know. But, dude, we got Bad Batch coming up. I don't well, like. We got to figure this out. We got to talk. We got to talk about this off air. We got Anyways, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do we got for a tagline next week? Next week. So, the episode next week it airs in order. So, it's season uh, two, episode seven. Uh, the episode title is "Legacy of Terror." Ooh. And, and what's our tagline? The tagline is "Sometimes accepting help is harder than offering it." Oh. 
Whoa. I think I'm going to go for it a little bit. I'm going to go for it a little bit here. I think Luminara is going to return in the next episode as the campaign on Geonosis continues. And I think she is going to have to reach out to Skywalker for help. And she's going to reluctantly do it because she seems very independent. And her and Skywalker tend to butt heads a little bit in their styles. So uh, I think she's going to have to reach out to the her, the anti-Jedi for help. That's my prediction. All right. Well, we're going to find out next episode for Legacy of Terror. All righty. Okay, Adam, where can everybody reach us? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. Also, always feel free to email us. At, we're at clonecastpod at gmail.com. Uh, anywhere else you want to mention, Tom? Uh, you know, just the Clonecast Pod, uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's about it. All right. Well, we will see you in a few days for Legacy of Terror. And until then... May the giant vagina door be with you. Frazier has left the building. Never hear the tragedy of Crispin's day.